McGuire, and you're now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. We have important, factual, documented information for you today that is imperative in order for you to survive and overcome and be victorious in the time period that we're living in, the last days. By the way, how can you analyze properly the time period that we exist in? I mean, we have Klaus Schwab and uh, the the globalist elite, and uh, they're talking about an industrial revolution uh, that transcends the two previous industrial revolutions. The first one was very primitive and almost tribal. The second one was way before you and I were born. They had dirty old factories just belching out toxic pollutants. People would die. They would they would work little kids. They would work little kids uh, because there was no laws at one time to protect them. They would work little kids all day for extreme hours in, in all these factories that sprung up. Now, all these factories sprung up because of, of an essential uh, principle in contemporary and, and past tense economics. And that principle is probably the, the cost that most uh, business people, uh, that they try to reduce their costs, is in the area of their employees, how many people work for them. So with the mechanized age of this industrial revolution, they could manufacture all kinds of products, goods, et cetera, et cetera, for a tiny fraction of the cost, because then you'd have a man or a woman or a child working, let's say, on an assembly line. By the way, the assembly line uh, came along with this uh, industrial revolution. Not not immediately, but almost immediately. Henry Ford, the, the, the great, well, great depending upon your perspective, but Henry Ford, the great automobile manufacturer, one of the things that he did that revolutionized the manufacturing of automobiles is he created the automobile assembly line. And you've seen a video of that, people standing on both sides of a conveyor belt Installing parts, removing parts, turning things on, turning things off as a car or as a uh, laptop computer or as a cell phone or whatever is being put together. So that's that's the second industrial age uh, technology of manufacturing. Now, Klaus Schwab, and, oh, and, and of course, when we go back to the very beginning of what they call the industrial revolutions. The motive was always profit by the super capitalists to accumulate as much wealth and power as possible. So now Klaus Schwab uh, and the World Economic Forum have been going around the world promoting aggressively that heaven on earth will return, which is the same promise they promised the worker during the communist and socialist and Marxist revolutions. Uh, They have promised that it will be paradise for mankind. And that in this new revolution, it's a artificial intelligence uh, revolution. It transcends industrial. It, it, It foreshadows very closely 
the rise and emergence of the uh, robot, cyborg, android, clone, uh, and other human or synthetic human or completely mechanical with artificial intelligence. Uh, these entities, or whatever you want to call them, obviously they're soulless. Transhumanism, transhumanism debates whether or not they will be soulless in the future, but they got a big problem because they don't acknowledge the existence of the soul. So we are on the precipice of a global revolution driven by an insatiable greed for more money and more money and more money, more property, more land, more assets, more servants, more slaves, more power being put in the hands. And it, you never hear this discussed in any substantial way. So when you hear it, and by the way, I document my sources for this uh, in my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. I document the source of this. And Klaus Schwab is trying to do what they did in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. Now, I want to just like shatter the artificial ceiling on the top of your brain. Uh, which we could uh, uh, classify as your consciousness. And I want to shatter the programming that you've received over a lifetime through the educational process, the mass media, many different institutions. You have been programmed to believe consciously and subconsciously an entire, an entire encyclopedia of propaganda and, and, and ways, counterproductive ways, of viewing your world. So we, we, we have to always remember the basic economic fact here, which is, is hidden. But it's a fact that, that has to be right in the top of your mind. So anytime you're analyzing anything, this fact should be at the top of the list. And that fact is that the uh, that just one percent of the Earth's population owns 99% of the world's wealth, money, and assets. So let's repeat it because it's so important. Just a tiny 1% of the entire Earth's population, they own 99% of all of the world's wealth, assets, employees, etc., etc. So every time you hear some bogus, plastic, fantastic argument by some airhead, I'm talking about genuine, certifiable, genetic code airhead. Anytime you listen to the, to the arguments of an airhead who would, would tell you that, you know, if we just tax the middle class more, if we just tax the rich more, if we just forcibly redistributed the wealth, then we could break up that dominant control of the 1% who are now currently controlling the 99% of the world, and the 1% that, that owns and controls all the wealth of the other 99% alone, it's the promise, but it is also the deepest deception and the deepest lie for, for when communists and would-be communists and Marxists and socialists, uh, et cetera, et cetera, 
are continually lying to you and and saying that uh, what I just told you, even though it's documented and factual, is 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 not the case. So right now, they're the globalist elite are in a unique position because with the advent of electronic surveillance technology, which one of the Council on Foreign Relations uh, founders, along with Rockefeller, and, and one of the founders of the Trilateral Commission, a king among the globalists, just like Rockefeller, just like Henry Kissinger, Zbigniew Brzezinski, it's taken me forever to learn how to pronounce his name. He is the father, by the way, I believe, one of the, talk, the TV talk show hosts, her name is Brzezinski. And he came, he didn't, you know, these people, if you actually read their books, they don't hold very much back. They didn't hide. In, in all these cases, including Adolf Hitler, they didn't hide their plans or their agenda. So Brzezinski tells us in his book, Between Two Ages, published in uh, 1976, he tells us what our future and, and the world's future is going to look like. And he gives a very sobering and realistic and vivid portrayal of, of, of a nightmarish future that's coming. And what will happen because of mass electronic surveillance technology, computers, global electronic surveillance, the first surveillance state, the, the rise of an all-powerful technocratic elite or technological elite which is just a spinning of the words that Huxley used when he referred to them as the scientific elite. And he comes right out and tells you in his book, we're going to take over. We will subjugate every American and planet Earth, and we will enforce this militarized sub subjugation with, with scientific mind control and all kinds of advanced surveillance and control technology which most of it's already here. It's just appeared in a different package than people expected. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. We're going to get into it in a big way. And the payoff for you is that knowledge is power. And when you have a knowledge of what's going on, then you have the power to do something about it in your own individual life and then as part of the human race. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Wherever you are, again, on planet Earth, welcome to the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, let's, let's find out. Well, let's start with this. This is from my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Every single person listening to me is involved in this greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind, whether you know it or not. And every person who claims to be a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, or if you claim to, to believe in God of the Old Testament, if you claim to have a, a Judeo-Christian worldview, and if you believe in the biblical creator, then not only do you know that we're in the greatest battle, you know, I was uh, channel surfing because... Uh, I don't want to get into it, but this storms in California, you know, every day 
I greet the day with artificial weather. People think I'm crooked. People think I'm like like out there for saying it. I'm very selective about who I say it to. Okay, <laughs> very selective. But I really do. I know that when I greet the day, I'm looking at artificial weather because the weather all around me in Southern California, and I've been here a long time now, has never looked the way it does now. I mean, it's constantly changing. But every single weather pattern, the, the color of, of, of the clouds, uh, and we're at an elevation where we can look down at the clouds, but we're also at an elevation where there's another ceiling of clouds above us. And I'm telling you, I'm watching you know, the, the record heat waves and droughts and all the rest of that stuff. They call, by the way, it's, it's not, a, not even a dispute to say that weather is manufactured. It's a scientific fact. It's called geoengineering. And uh, yet, if you talk to, your, to 99% of the population, they, they think you're from planet Mars. But I know it's artificial weather. And now this part is purely speculation on my part. But this was a couple of months ago, and it was for like, I don't know, two weeks in a row. Every morning I would get up, and I would see the clouds come in so unnaturally, you know, after you watch the chemtrails. And the cl- the, it was like the clouds were, were, were pumped, filled with, with uh, like a pencil-lead type of dust. You know, that's, that's a good way to describe it. It looked like pencil-lead dust from a pencil. I don't even know if they use pencil lead. Who the heck knows? So anyway, I said to myself, what is this? It's not pollution. It's not pollution at all. So it has to be something else. So what is it? I believe that potentially, hypothetically, it could have been, it could have been some kind of graphene oxide component uh, or some other metal component. Because when they have analyzed uh, what, what exactly it is, the composition of the chemtrails, they have said it's things like lithium, which is a tranquilizer. Uh, uh, there's another tranquilizer they use, too. It's lithium. And then there's another uh, big commercial tranquilizer or whatever uh, that was found in the uh, chemtrails. and then. You know, these uh, vaccine components and graphene oxide. And the official, first of all, the official response was to deny and to call anybody, even to this moment. This is why I can't watch, you know, the big, the big cable news networks anymore. I'm gone. I mean, I'm totally gone. It's, it's, there's no credibility. So uh, the, the key here is. We are what the average person has to grasp is that we have we are under all out assault right now as if we were in a physical warfare conflict in America. The intensity of the battle that we're in is in the category of an all out assault against America. And there's a multiplicity of reason of, of reasons for attacking our weather. Weather modification is a weapon. 
and I give you the history of it. So if you pick up my book, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2, you will read the beginnings of when the military took over the weather. They even published a, a very uh, glossy magazine to promote it. And I think the title of it from the U.S. Army was, Who Owns the Weather? And the goal was to own the weather. In other words, to dominate the weather through technology by 2025. And they have been bragging how they can use weather modification to change the mood, the thoughts of people, to, to inflict sicknesses and viruses, to shorten lifespans, to cause people to absorb through water or air all kinds of uh, things like graphene oxide. You say, why would, they, why, would they, why would they do that? Because when they can get certain chemicals into the human bloodstream or into us through drinking water or air or food or whatever, what they then have been able to do is they can totally dominate and control us uh, through wireless uh, 5G-type technology. And so every human being who is, according to the research of many doctors, uh, they say that a huge percentage of human beings in America who are absorbing things like graphene oxide and the other things are basically absorbing via the vaccination or uh, other mechanisms of del delivery. They are absorbing uh, toxic chemicals. They are absorbing uh, sedative brain dumbing chemicals. And, and, and this is weather modification warfare. And so they can go anywhere on planet Earth and generate, don't limit the scope of, and the power of this technology, weather modification technology. They can create hurricanes and droughts. They can create earthquakes and uh, all kinds of intense floods, uh, heat waves, all kinds of intense uh, cyclones, all kinds of intense freak weather same kind of freak weather that Jesus Christ referred to in the signs of the times, the same kind of freak weather that is depicted in the book of Revelation. So I'm going to read you something from one of my books. You should get them together now, because right now we're offering you a great bulk discount off the price of these books if you go and get, you know, like two or three, four books or whatever. So in my book, The Greatest Battle, I have a ch chapter entitled The Prophetic Role of China and One World Government. Now, I was researching and writing about that, I don't know, decades ago. And uh, I have continued to. Now, in light of the fact that China is rising in importance militarily, economically, and I, I looked at this, maybe you saw it, I looked, at the, I looked at this absolutely horrifying video of the head of China, uh, I believe it was Biden, uh, the head of China was either rebuking Biden or one of Biden's top, top people. And the head of China essentially said that China, no, it was, it was the, the top ambassador from communist China, and that he had a message to give in Washington, D.C. to uh, Biden. And the message was that communist China will no longer 
negotiate with the United States if the United States uh, attempts to put themselves in a position of superiority, which is the way it's been since before World War II. It was just a given because of America's powerful economy and powerful military. It was a given that if a nation like China uh, was going to enter into talks with America, the most powerful nation on earth, that 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 whatever nation, in this case, communist China, it, it used to have to kind of grovel and kiss some you know what in order to uh, be be received. And and now and this has happened relatively soon after Biden got elected. Now China has set the terms of, of uh, communication, and China has said we will no longer. Uh, interact with America as if America was a superior nation. And, you know, we are now establishing a new precedent based on the fact that China and, and the, the military of China, the numerical armies of China, the, the massive economy of China, in many cases, it's greater than the United States. So that was done to humiliate America before the entire world. That was done to uh, put America in its place going forward. Now, um, when you read my books, I suggest that you take advantage of the bulk discount and get them in order. So, like, you get A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2. You get uh, Conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died, uh, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. Power from on high, and of course, a prophecy of the future of America, Volume Two. When you read those books, you will find in every book, in a fast-moving, documented way, that's that's also entertaining. These are not boring books. People usually say, "I couldn't put it down." So, you read the books, you loan them to people, you, you provide incentives for your kids. In other words, you say, well, I don't want to do that. Tough. I'm going to give you an old Jackson Heights, Queens expression. You, you don't want to do that? This is my reply to you, straight from the heart, from Jackson Heights, Queens. You don't want to do that? Then tough noogies. Tough noogies. Okay, so nobody knows what that means. I mean, there's, I guess there's a lot of people in New York City used to know what it meant. It was a very big expression in its time. I don't think most people know what it means. However, this blew my mind. A famous actor, this was like two days ago, and I forgot his name. He was in that movie, Argo, where they make a film in Iran. And he's one of the biggest, is it Adam Sandler? All I know is, is he's a great friend of another big actor. Oh, and he's married to Lopez. And uh, I think it's possible it's Adam Sandler. I'm not sure. Anyway. In this in this interview or something, this is like two days ago, and I hadn't heard this expression since the days of Jackson Heights. This famous actor responded to some other famous actor or media personality live on air in an interview, and he responded to them by saying, tough noogies. And I laughed <laughs> because I hadn't heard that in such a long time. But it's a good it's a good word, tough noogie. A noogie, for those of you that don't know. And, and getting, getting people noogies. But when we were in grade school, we didn't have zero tolerance. People would give each other noogies. 
So it's kind of like a fist, except you extend one of your knuckles out about a half inch or as much as you can get it out there. So when you punch somebody, they're not just getting a, a broad kind of dulled down surface of your fist. When you punch somebody, one or two uh, knuckles are sticking out. And when they collide with your muscles, they they inflict the pain. Uh, they inflict a pain that's that that is referred to as toughness, and your response to it is you know you're supposed to just bite the bullet. So that's my response in that situation. Now, so, so going back, you don't want to read. Well, the price of not reading. Let's get this clear because some of you are raising kids now. I, I raised my kids. My wife and I had kids. We we waited. It, I don't know. We waited for at least. I can't remember. We waited longer than average to have children because I don't want to get into it. Uh, but we we waited because we weren't sure. And you know why we weren't sure? We weren't sure because even after we had attended church for so many decades and received excellent Bible teaching and excellent biblical exhortations on being faithful in marriage and staying married and stuff like that, even though we received all of that, we didn't receive an exhortation to, to in a marriage that God wants children. Now, you say, well, that's obvious. Well, it wasn't obvious to me because my parents were the first parents anywhere that I knew of that, that had a divorce. So my parents got divorced when I was like 12 years old. And so the, the, the critical thing here is that God wants his people going back to what we've said before, to be fruitful and multiply. And my friend, and I don't normally mention him by name, but I will, but this is a very positive thing, so I will mention him by name. My friend, uh, Frankie Schaefer, who, whose father was the great theologian, Francis Schaefer, he did one of the most Christian and loving things that any Christian had ever done for me in my life. Okay, A lot of people talk the talk, but, but, but he, and he gets criticized a lot now. And I don't want to get into that because that's that's a whole topic in and of itself. But I'm not saying that uh, I agree with all his newfound theological changes because I don't. Uh, but he, um, I was I was an executive producer producing a sci-fi film, kind of like a, a road warrior type film, and I was the executive producer on it. One of the executive producers. And he was the director and writer. And uh, early on in our, our meetings, I was flying back from one coast to another uh, to have, uh, you know, screenwriting, script writing sessions with him and, and, and rough out the movie. Now, he, he, he never preached at me. Everything he did was always in the context of action. But he was the son of one of the, of, of, in my opinion, the greatest evangelical theologian of the last 150 years. So he invited me to his house, and he cooked. He, he has no problem cooking because he, he grew up in Europe, so he has kind of a, a broader mindset. So he cooked me a grilled fish. I think we caught the fish because he, he lived somewhere near where you could fish. So he cooked 
uh, his I don't think his no his wife isn't in, was not in the room, so he wanted it to be a man to man talk alone, and so he cooked me a a fish dinner from fish that we had freshly caught, and he cooked it over the fireplace in his living room like Jesus would do, and then like Jesus would do, he entered into a very low key discussion. He talked about his life, and he asked me some questions. But what he did, because he he was demonstrating real Christian love, he challenged me and my wife on our big resistance against having children. And he and and, and you know only he could have said what he said because most people I would have punched in the mouth. Uh, but what he said to me is, if you and your wife choose not to have children, he said, you will look back and consider it the biggest mistake you ever made in your life. So if you decide that you don't want to have children, he said, you will weep and regret it. And and you will consider it the greatest mistake of your lives. Well, that was the heaviest thing that anybody had ever said to me. And he explained why. He gave me rational, intelligent explanations. And I'm not trying to pick on you if you're single. There's different reasons for everything. But in any case, we were at the place in life in terms of biological clocks and stuff like that, where, you know, there was a reason why we didn't want to have children. Both of us came from, let's just put it this way, nightmare dysfunctional homes. Now, there was a lot of love in those homes. But there was also a lot of dysfunction in those homes. And so because our childhoods were, were so painful, uh, my wife and I did not want to have children. And God used him. He was like the last, the last guy standing at the crossroads before my wife and I crossed over these crossroads in which there would be no turning back. And so we have three children, adult children today. Because of a Christian who really acted Jesus, not fake act like Jesus. And I know and I pray that God will bring those kind of individuals into your life and keep away those individuals that just have really to say. So um, the, the, the key place where I want to go with today's conversation is that the reality of living in a fallen world in context with trying to be the salt of the earth, uh, the light, and shining the light of Christ in a, in a genuine way, and getting down to the nitty-gritty and actually obeying the Lord outside of the tiny little box that Christians have created for God to hide in. Christians are to some degree or another, they're worshiping in America, and it needs to be repented over because it's blocking revival. But there needs to be mass repentance in the Christian church, beginning with people like me. I do repent, but I need to keep repenting. And beginning with people like you, we repent to the Lord for every area where we have put Jesus in a little box so we can control him with Christian religion. And that is what that does is we are. We are then violating the commandments of God because we are worshiping idols and we are worshiping pagan gods. When we start to, to carve out what God is and put him in a little tiny box so we can control him, 
There's no difference between us and the idol worshippers and the worshippers of the pagan gods. So, all of this is the background in the spiritual realm or the invisible world or the spiritual world. Everything I just talked about is is it's the front drop to what is happening in the spiritual and supernatural world, both in America and around the world. Okay, I need you to join me. I'm not joking when I say this is the time that we're in is like no other time. The more you study, the more the alarm bells come on. We have a limited amount of time, but it's doable by the grace of God. We have a limited amount of time to repent, cry out to God, and to turn the tide of the spiritual battle and reclaim our nation for Christ. There is still time, but that time is running out. And then we have uh, uh, a limited opportunity. So we are right at the crossroads. If we choose to continue with our apathy, our denial, and pretend and playing games with God and pretending that we don't see what's going on, if we continue, continue to walk down that path, we are going to be walking down the path to captivity, slavery, and horrific de- destruction. Now, I'm not trying to frighten you, but reading my books, watching my videos, I spell this out and document it. It is inconceivable in the minds of most Americans that America would ever be invaded, attacked, or taken over by, by let's say, terrorists or communist China or Russia or some nuclear-armed nation or whatever. It's very hard for us to conceptualize that, but that, that difficulty in conceptualizing it becomes our Achilles heel. It becomes our vulnerability. Because not our fantasy of, of how safe the world is is at work. What what is at work in the world is the reality of the clear and present danger that our reality right now in America presents. And you need to know by studying previous times in history, previous events that happened where the human race faced similar challenges and where God's people in the Old Testament and the New Testament faced incredible challenges. Now, God didn't give us the possibility of facing incredible challenges so we would be scared and terrified because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let me say it again. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. God is telling us that spirit, that the spirit of fear is far more than an emotional response. The spirit of fear is a combination of a spirit of fear in the invisible realm, and it is part of spirit of fear, but it is also a psychological, biological, and overwhelming emotional force that Satan and totalitarian regimes use to dominate people and control them. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Again, look, I need your help. We're in a war. If we lose it, we lose all our freedoms. I promise you, you will be arrested for practicing Christianity or reading your Bible in public or anything to do with Christianity. Right now, people are faking being nice to you. They're faking 
they're faking uh, saying that we're inclusive and that our inclusivity uh, includes uh, evangelical Christians. That is a fake. That's to fake you out, to use another Jackson Ice expression. When they play that game, they're faking you out. They're taking advantage of the fact that they know you don't know history. They know that you don't know what's really coming down the track. And they know that you are gullible and that you left your front door open and your back door wide open. And if you continue to do that, they know that with very little resistance, they can take America down. They can destroy. Listen to me, please. I'm not doing this for my health. I put my whole heart, soul, and mind and brain in this call from God decades and decades ago, in which there is no turning back. Am I perfect? No. Do I do it perfectly? No. And so when you evaluate me or any other ministry, you need to evaluate it honestly. If if your real issue is you're biased against someone, and you won't support them because, you know, you're really biased, but you, you, you use another word. That's between you and the Lord. You know, that's, I'm not going to pressure you. Uh, I'm just telling you that's between you and the Lord. Just like my faithfulness in this ministry, ultimately, it's between me and the Lord. I'm going to have to answer for my decisions and actions just like you did. So America is very much like the Titanic. And nobody thought it could sink, but now we have the potential of World War III erupting in nations like Communist China, like Russia, like the Ukraine, like the European Union, uh, North Korea, and other nations. And this potential of World War III would, would eventually erupt in the death of billions of people, and it would be a global, global war. So we don't have much time. And first of all, we have to acknowledge that with God, all things are possible. That is not just some stupid hallmark breeding card statement. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. So what does the Bible teach us about resisting evil and overcoming evil and being victorious over evil? What does the Bible teach us? It teaches us that we have to authentically unify as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, abiding under his word. And then in in our true spirit of truth, Holy Spirit unity, we move um, to defend ourselves legally against all attacks of the evil one, all attempts of the evil one to destroy us. And so I need your help now, like never before. I need you to go before the Lord, whether it's two minutes or 60 seconds or or whenever the Lord speaks to you. And I need you to to go heart to heart before the Lord and say, Lord, I hear Paul McGuire. I believe in what he's saying. How much do you want me to donate or how much do you want me to contribute financially? And let me be obedient to whatever you tell me to do. And then you simply do what God tells you to do. And then I need help in volunteerism, spreading our message making sure you join. Every time you go to our social media pages, that you join it, that you like it, that you you say we're following it. When you provide that electronic acknowledgement that you're following our social media, that 
that improves our numerical count and it gives us more power and it op- the power to open up more social media doors, which gives us the power to reach hundreds of thousands of more people. So this is all about reaching more people for Jesus Christ and saving our nation for Jesus Christ. And then finally, I need you to go before the Lord to give yourself over to being an intercessory prayer warrior for me, my family, those working with this ministry, because ultimately the battle is spiritual. You're listening to Paul McGuire. This is the Paul McGuire Report. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Every day my voice changes in California because every day the weather radically changes. Like today. I don't want to get into that. Okay. So this chapter from The Greatest Battle is entitled The Prophetic Role of China and One World Government. What role does China, communist China, have in Bible prophecy and in the coming one world government? And I give you a document, an answer that's documented. And so let me just read you a few sentences. Um, Long before trade wars with China, the Pentagon has prepared various World War III scenarios regarding China. These World War III scenarios involve China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. In these scenarios, China attacks and occupies Taiwan. The U.S. is unable to respond in a cost-effective manner. The various military scenarios deal with nuclear confrontations with China, Russia, and other nations leading to a global conflict. So that is critical because that was not the case a number of years ago. Now, in my book, I quote uh, the New York Times gave a giant full-page spacing to an editorial written by um, the trillionaire and globalist David Rockefeller. So David Rockefeller visits Chairman Mao, the communist dictator, head of communist China, with some other, with some U.S. presidents. And so when he came back, he wrote this praising review of communist China. It was entitled From a China Traveler, and it was published in the New York Times August 10th, 1973. So Rockefeller writes in the most praising terms. The experiment in China under Chairman, Ma- uh, Chairman Mao's leadership, he's the guy, by the way, who said all power flows from the gun. Under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in history. Now, Rockefeller is praising him, but he knows that Chairman Mao and the Communist Party have slaughtered hundreds of millions of people starved them to death, shot them to death, killed them, their own people, a bloodbath. And so this guy, Chairman Mao, has behaved like a monster, and and yet Rockefeller is praising him. What does that tell you about the globalist elite? And then he praises what he calls the social experiment, which, which is a clear way of saying it. 
he praises the communist totalitarian dictatorship of China. The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in history. To who? To the globalist elite, not to the middle class and working class of America, where all our monies and jobs got transferred out of here. Um, I write in the book, either Rockefeller is a sociopath, which he is not, or delusional, which he is not. He is a very brilliant man. Um, Rockefeller knew exactly what really happened with Chairman Mao and the Chinese Communist Revolution. When he writes the above praises about China, he knows what the American media, the American political class, and, and what the average American have no clue about. Communist China was artificially raised up to spread totalitarianism among um, the governments of the world, which represents Plato's philosopher kings of Atlantis, who ruled the masses by creating a slave class who were programmed to be unaware that they were slaves. So you've got to understand, this globalist elite, the people meeting with the World Economic Forum and all the rest of them, they point to communist China then, and, and it's worse now, because they have the Chinese social credit system where, where computers and computer cameras keep a minute, the tiniest record of every thought, every action that you take, and you're punished or rewarding, uh, rewarded accordingly. But it's a brutal, brutal, horrific system. So, uh, so Chairman Mao created a, 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 a Rockefeller was fully aware that Chairman Mao, through his great leap forward policy, you know, a communist, we're going to give you paradise on earth program, led to the deaths of over 45 million people in China. Now, Chairman Mao and the globalist elites like Rockefeller, they truly believe, I mean, he's saying it right here in the New York Times, they're pointing to China as the ideal model of a, a nation in the future. Everything that China is, which is a full-blown, electronic, totalitarian, brutal dictatorship, that is pointed to by the globalist elite, the richest families in the world, the 1%. They are praising Chairman Mao. They are praising him and worshiping him for creating, in their opinion, what is the greatest nation in the world. Now, that is, that is the perception of a demon. Communist China, like Adolf Hitler and other dictatorships, is one of the most brutal, heartless, enslaving nations on planet Earth that gives no regard whatsoever to the, to the working man and woman, the middle class, the working class. You know, the hypocrisy is outrageous. You see, there was some high-end magazine, and it was two full-color pages, so it was a giant, you know, centerfold picture of all the, the super, super high-end super expensive cars, you know, Lamborghinis and high-end sports cars, cars that cost like $250,000, $300,000. And all these cars were owned by the children of the heads of the Communist Party in, in China. So this, what, the, what is being revealed, if you pay attention and you don't hide 
in your closet. And I'm not talking about your prayer closet. But if you pay attention to the obvious and stop allowing your mind to be dominated by people whose agenda is to make you stupid, you think it's an accident that the chemtrails have lithium and uh, 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 fluoride, both tranquilizers, in the clouds and other brain dumbing chemicals. You think it's an accident that the that that all these uh, artificial sugar substitutes in, in in soda that they dumb your brain down and they fry your brain the same with the, the, the energy drinks. Oh, this is done on purpose. This is done on purpose. You think they don't know that social media warps you and damages you permanently on a neurological basis? No, it's done on purpose. So that you can be a good, compliant slave, like in communist China. Like in communist China. And this is coming very quickly to America. Why? Because there's no resistance. Let me just put the cards out on the table for you. The majority of the Republican establishment politicians are are no better than the Democratic Socialist politicians. Both of those supposedly separate categories are working for the globalist elite that belong to secret occult societies. And to show you the absolute madness and the and where totalitarianism leads, you have efforts being made to handcuff and arrest uh, the former president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Yet his counterparts in the in the Liberal Party, who who it's just to say allegations regarding both, these people are are, are left alone. That's a dictatorship. That's a dictatorship because you're sending out your your troops um, to accomplish uh, a direct attack on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Spread our links far and wide. Far and wide. Make you sure you join. That you join. That you join in the spiritual revolution for America, law-abiding and peaceful. Visit paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Paul McGuire. To give you an example of <clears throat> something that we haven't really seen before in the United States of America, in terms of America morphing into a totalitarian state, and the the symptoms of that, are, or the evidence of that is, you lose free speech. You, you become terrified of speaking out or speaking what you believe. That's directly against your freedom of speech. You're afraid to practice your Christian religion or read the Bible or, or make any outward appearance that you're a Christian. That's an attack against freedom of religion. Or internet, alternative media internet, like this, the Paul McGuire Report, uh, can be shut down by the abuse, the abuse of power and destroying freedom of the press and freedom of speech. You see, these are very fragile freedoms. So we need to, Paul McGuire, the Paul McGuire Report in Paradise Mountain Church, we need to, really, we need to take some big steps upwards so that we can 
solidify having our local meetings so that we can expand our social media presence so that so that all important so that we can't be taken down in some little easy way and that you can still receive this information and this is critical because the people that we're fighting are essentially they don't have a, a biblical worldview and they are attempting to destroy America as we know it. I mean, think about it. The President of the United States, unless something changes or over the weekend or in the next day or so, is most likely going to be arrested, handcuffed. They're going to arrest former President Donald Trump. This is outrageous. This is what happens in a totalitarian regime. So basically then, what you're saying is any politician or leader that doesn't toe the line, that, that won't join the, the, the global reset, that, that won't do what the globalist elite want them to do, that they could be arrested, they could be uh, sent to jail, you know, all kinds of things. I forgot who it was, but I came across this yesterday. There was some uh, large or, or, or well-known, powerful Republican, not even a conservative, Republican political leader. And, and I don't know what the, the reason for it was, but he, he, they, two dozen FBI agents armed raided his house. You know, maybe because it was, he was criticizing uh, the current administration. I don't know. But when we start to enter an America where for no reason, for no constitutional reason, armed police under federal control can break down your doors, smash them into pieces, and arrest you with no due process, no going to court, no, no, no concern for your rights. Hey, guess what? America is gone. We're on borrowed time. I'm not trying to depress you. So since America, in some respects, is potentially gone, and we are living in borrowed time. Where did that borrowed time come from? And, and I want to, to, to end with this powerful truth. The reason that you and I, as children of God, have borrowed time, even though theoretically we shouldn't have it because we spent all our borrowed time. The reason that you and I have borrowed time is because the God of the universe, the biblical God, on the basis of grace, unmerited favor, unearned favor. He has given us unmerited favor, and he has given us borrowed time, even though we didn't earn it. And he has given us this borrowed time now so that we will have the time to reverse the course of destruction in America. The reason God has given his people in America borrowed time is he wants us to use that time to win the spiritual battle for America and to take back America. So instead of us being defeated, God has given us an incredible resource, which is borrowed time. And if we use that borrowed time and obey him and repent of our apathy, and simply in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's why I wrote my new book, Power from on High. Power from on high is not what, what some of you think it is. Power from on high is a book that 
if you read it or even speed read it, and and if you are open to the message of it, which is biblical, Power from on High is one of those books that I promise you that will change your life, your family's life, your husband's, your wife's, your children, uh, your adult children, has the potential to change lives forever. Because in the book, I simply shared my story from being an atheist, a new ager, and getting miraculously saved. And in that process, my life was changed. Now, that can happen in any person's life. It's just that we have to be, you know, God didn't give me borrowed time because I'm such a wonderful person. God gives us borrowed time because of his grace. So what we need to do is pray and obey. Really simple. Pray and obey. Visit PaulMcGuire.us. That's PaulMcGuire.us. Mm-hmm.